Loading artists. Audio inside. Loading artists. Audio inside. Oh, it's Oddcast, it's Oddcast, it's Oddcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen by your easel, maybe you can grab a chair. Or even take it with you like you ain't got no care. Loading artists. Audio inside. Loading artists. Audio inside. So sit back and relax and grab your headphones too. Adjust your volume, it's Oddcast. Philip J. Mellon welcomes you, so sit back, oh yeah, it's Artcast. Loading artists, audio inside. Loading artists, audio inside. All right, Kevin Kelly, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Happy to be here. Thanks. I wanted to talk to you about the Sketch of the Day series that you have going on. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and for those that don't know, uh, how, how involved is Collage in that process? Um, well, Sketch of the Day is a bigger project. It's been going on for almost a year and a half right now. Yeah. Um, and it was one of those projects that just kind of started. And then I found myself in it before I really knew what I was up to. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I just knew that I had to um, get back to drawing on a daily basis. And then I wanted to build in some accountability. Oh, okay. Um, my grad, uh, my MFA work was all very collage-based. But it was, um, it was very direct um, collage um, without a lot of pre-planning, without a lot of sketching or drawing. And so um, for about three or four years, I gave up drawing. And so I decided I should get back into drawing. Um, and so that's where Sketch of the Day came from. Um, to build an accountability, I was posting things online every day. And um, so that's kind of how that project got started. So um, as I've cycled through that year and a half of drawing every day or um, art making every day, sketching, whatever you want to call it, um, collage has come in and out of that process. Um, and uh, it's, it's changed forms as, um, as things have progressed. I, uh, I tend to cycle through lots of different styles and different approaches to image making. And certainly collage has been a part of that throughout that year and a half. Yeah, it's, um, I find myself uh, not knowing whether to call them paintings or drawings. I mean, some of the, part of the series anyway, mm -hmm. to call them paintings, drawings, or collage, or... And yeah, the word sketch to me just seemed like a safe catch-all phrase um, yeah. for a quick way to make an image, essentially. And I can say that, you know, I, I typically spend about an hour a day on that sketch of the day project. Um, I carry with me a, a bag that's just full of all kinds of random supplies. So I like to think of it as a, um, a portable art studio so that no matter where I happen to be in that day, I know that I can stop and make an image that is interesting or compelling to me in some way yeah that's cool i noticed um do you do you ever 
paint directly from the objects or, or tools or what have you from uh, observation, or do you use photographs at all? Um, I rely pretty heavily on photographs. Um, I gave myself permission to do all kinds of things that I don't normally do. Um, so I really do value the idea of drawing directly from objects or from a scene or from some type of subject. But um, just because of the nature of this project, um, yeah, I rely a lot on my cell phone. And I take images kind of throughout my day when I see something that just kind of fits into the category of or the vocabulary, I should say, of images that kind of feed my work. So um, I find myself working a lot from my phone, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, for a certain ways of working, it's kind of a nice time to be around making art. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, this question is, I'm not quite sure how to form it, but it's its in my head somewhere. And just, I've noticed that the palette that you use, is it sort of, is there a connection between that and say the mark making? Just, I guess, maybe the energy of it and all? Uh, yeah, sometimes I find myself, you know, trying to be really accountable to something like local color, you know, if that seems to be a compelling part of an image that I want to pull in there. But oftentimes I'm not really messing with local color at all. So um, I kind of have a thing for some very keyed up kind of high chroma or even fluorescent colors that, um, you know, I'll just rely on so that I can play, say, warms against cools and so on and so forth. So much of the work is about just figure ground relationships and um, even setting up some pretty harsh conflict within a small image. So uh, so sometimes those colors are pretty kind of loud, for sure, you know, yeah. kind of accomplish that, for sure. Yeah, it gives a, a nice energy to, say, uh, like some of the I don't know if I want to call them still lives, but the, sort of a singular object mm -hmm. uh, gives a different, um, you know, because it's just sitting there, but it's really not because of the mark making and what have you. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I think that whole figure ground um, conflict is really, I mean, it, it's become a very important underlying part of that sketch of the day project, that, that kind of conflict between what is ordinary, what is everyday and maybe what demands attention, what, what is perhaps um, more reflective or poetic and kind of needs to come to the forefront. And that kind of that conflict between the mundane and the poetic kind of back and forth, you know, for sure. Um, yeah. Some of that feeds into the materials I use. I mean, I draw with materials and color with materials that are, you know, like office supplies sometimes just whatever i happen to carry in my bag with me at the time so highlighters you know yeah I've kind of had a thing for bingo ink lately because <laughs> cheap source of color you know so i carry small bottles of bingo ink around with me that i can buy at the you know at the at a local store so yeah it's where some of those loud colors come from for sure nice i like um two good words there mundane and and yet poetic mm-hmm yeah. Yeah. Now I noticed um, some of the objects; they seem to be somewhat humorous, and I didn't know if that that is part of. And if you use that in decision making to paint them, or is that uh, like is that generally something you look for in a in a subject? To me, humor is just you know a pretty good vehicle for trying to keep perspective on things or to find new perspective and. Um, Things that just kind of strike me as ironic 
or um, I don't know, just kind of funny. It's hard to describe, hard to, hard to close in on, like how to categorize that, but um, things that seem out of place, which of course, in terms of collage, make a lot of sense. But also just uh, trying to hone in on the irony of finding things in places where they are competing with their backgrounds, where they're competing with the, their context a little bit, um, or that are just kind of universally bad in a way. <laughs> to me, bad, you said? Bad. I think, oh. I think humor and sadness, you know, they go hand in hand for sure. Uh, yeah. So I'm thinking of an image that was a part of Sketch of the Day, uh, maybe a month ago, of a used mattress that was sitting on a curb, you know? That's great. I was driving down the street, and I saw this used mattress, and I literally had to stop my car in the middle of the street, hop out, snap a couple pictures, because it just kind of struck me in that moment. Like, who wants to pick up a used mattress they find on a curb? How useful is this object? This was a very yeah. personal object, you know? And yet, here it finds itself out in the public, exposed in front of everybody, rather rejected. And I don't know. I guess um, even though I'm working with objects, I tend to think a lot about narrative and humor can be a part of that for sure. Yeah. Objects are loaded with narrative. And um, a part of Sketch of the Day has been that there are, there's not figure. You know, it's not about people. I, I specifically kind of avoid the figure as a subject matter. Um, kind of interested in the absence of the figure and then how those objects can tell a story even through humor of, you know, of the people that might be involved in that scenario or if that makes any sense. Yeah. It seems like, um, most of the objects, they, they have, they have a function and I guess with the free mattress, it's, you know, no longer, <laughs> Yeah. but, and then the, the construction cone, which I like too. Yeah. It's kind of leaned over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was a drawing of a construction cone that had been ran over by a car. And I was driving through a construction site and saw this flattened out cone. And I thought, how sad. You know, it's just trying to do its job. And then somebody. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, think, I guess I think a lot about visual irony or, um, or just those little things that people pass by and try to ignore that I try to spend a little bit more time on. So. Now, you recently started some, I guess I want to call them sort of bright, organic, a little more fluid paintings with, um, how, how did that come about? Or was there sort of a specific thing that sort of shifted? Or Well, when I'm looking at a subject, I try really hard to just let that subject speak to me in terms of how I need to approach it artistically. You know, if I'm going to make an image of an image that exists, um, what can I extrapolate from that? Certainly in the past, sometimes that's been line. I do a lot of drawings that are focused on different line qualities um, or different textures or just value. But color is, uh, you know, so multifaceted. So um, I had a whole set of images that I knew I wanted to do something with, but they were so much more about color than really trying to render an object. And so yeah. um, those very organic kind of fluid pieces um, are similar to work I've done in the past. Um, just some abstract paintings that I've done in the past where I just look at a color palette, you know, for a subject. Like what if a color, what if a subject was almost dissolved and it was just about um, all that was left was the color of that subject. Could we still decipher some information about that subject um, if it just became color, perhaps some texture, 
perhaps some linear quality. Um, and so, yeah, they are, um, those, those pieces are based on, um, one of them recently was called canned goods. And so I was really yeah. looking at a cabinet full of canned goods thinking, look at the types of colors that tend to show up in canned goods. And what if I were to dissolve all those colors into some kind of fluid composition, what would that look like? Um, um, still trying to set up conflict, you know, often I, I try to think about when I'm producing those that stripes of color or are kind of competing for attention or kind of flopping and um, sliding underneath one another, trying to figure out kind of how to, how to coexist, you know? Yeah, <laughs> right. navigate through. <laughs> right. And I do like to pick subjects uh, that clash a lot. So, you know, I, I guess I'm, I'm really into conflict. I don't know. Visually. Yeah. I grew up, yeah, I grew up in a house with seven brothers and sisters. I don't know if that's a part of it. You know, I, um, I guess I'm used to living with a lot of conflict. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have six sisters, so I'm right with you. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Again, with the collage oriented pieces. Mm -hmm. um, now they often involved an object, how it seems that with the, the newer paintings, the, the more fluid, that the the names themselves have become the object and then you have this like sort of definitely a more abstract sort of image to look at with that yeah H how did you go about titling those yeah it's kind of strange when i'm when i'm in the process of rendering objects more you know it's almost the, the title becomes an afterthought but with those fluid pieces those newer pieces that are very devoid of an image um i actually start with the title um there was one oh, okay. that was just called Family Circus. And I was just like, I snapped a picture of the Sunday comics, you know, particularly the, the Family Circus, you know, um, comic and looking at the color scheme that that artist is relying upon, what, how that translates to the printed process. And um, or um, so just kind of like it's a bit of a game, you know, to me, like I wonder if you hand somebody a bunch of color samples, if to them. They, uh, through, through memory or emotional connection, can say, yeah, I understand. Uh, this kind of reminds me of, or I've seen these colors put together somewhere before, or, geez, these are ugly colors. What the heck is this from, you know? And so, <laughs> so letting the title kind of lead the way on that a little bit, I don't know. I guess I kind of uh, imagine, uh, you know, every artist, I think, when they're in their studio, kind of imagines the end of the story a little bit. Like perhaps uh, you imagine this piece I'm working on. What would it? How would it function in a gallery? It was hanging on the yeah. wall, and somebody maybe from across the gallery sees this collection of colors and stripes and walks up to it, gets a little closer, gets a little closer, starts to wonder about these collisions that are happening, and then reads the title on the side and said, "Oh, well, this is just a piece about canned goods." <laughs> you know, so <laughs> it's a bit of a joke to me, I guess. You know. Yeah, yeah. Especially considering the. Um, the position that abstract painting has been given in America in the past, you know, of being about very spiritual things or, you know, deeply emotional things or yeah. um, to have something that's rather blunt and mundane, you know, to accompany right. an image. I don't know. Despite the color, I, I don't know why I want to call the newer ones like a little bit more serious or like a serious endeavor mm -hmm. to, to paint them. And then they have those titles, you know, canned goods and, and you know, what was it, a crocheted Afghan? And, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. It, it, 
it helps the viewer smile a little bit, or at least it helps me smile a little bit. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I mean, because I think that, you know, there is that experience that, you know, I, I, I come from a very middle class family. Um, in my family, I can't imagine um, anybody in my family approaching abstract art and really connecting to it very directly. So, to but they can connect to a crocheted afghan. They've all had experiences with grandma's crocheted afghan, you know, yeah. um, or a set of old vinyl albums, you know. So um, I kind of like the idea of trying to uh, mash those two worlds together a little bit, you know, the uh, maybe the disconnection that abstract art can kind of present with us, but also the very direct connection that is possible just even through uh, color association, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess it's, it appears that color is really a big thing for you. Yeah, it, it definitely can be. <laughs> <laughs> I try really hard to sometimes give myself the job of getting away from color. And then it always just comes back. I don't know. It's, it yeah. really drives a lot of decisions that I make. So. I want to ask you about scale. Now, are most of the series uh, 8.5 by 11 or... I'll be honest, initially that was just the size of my sketchbook that I was carrying with me everywhere I was going and producing images. Yeah. Um, it was an easy size to work with. Um, you know, I'm a busy guy. I'm a dad. Um, I'm a teacher. Um, but I could sit at my son's baseball game and make a sketch yeah. a day, you know? It was very portable. And it seemed uh, appropriate to do something that felt very down-to-earth and very doable. Um, because my... My, my work that I was doing, um, you know, you talk about new American painting. Some of those images and the images that came before were very large, big, abstract pieces that I had to hang out in a studio to produce, you know? Yeah, yeah. It seemed um, more honest for me to do something that was uh, – had to fit the constraints of my daily life, you know? So 8.5 by 11. And then, of course, really quickly, 8.5 by 11, I just thought, well, that's the most mundane measurement you can come up with, you know? Um the idea of an everyday sketch having to also be everyday in scale, you know, eight and a half by 11 is yeah. boring as it gets. Um, <laughs> and to have to use materials, you know, um, that I can cram into a bag, you know, yeah. working on an easel, you know, or whatever the case might be. So, yeah, that's where that scale really comes from. Now, I don't know where this comes from, but I know I wanted to ask it, and I was just curious about, would you say that you enjoy painting or painting, well, not to make it competitive, but uh, painting more, or, or do, you, do you enjoy the, the objects more? Ooh, that is a good question. Uh, well, I guess uh, when I encounter a subject, I always feel compelled to render it or to engage in it through... The act of drawing or painting or whatever the case might be so um there's a certain nostalgia for the objects of course you know um that's kind of hard to keep out of the process if i'm working from images that i see around me all the time obviously some of those images are very nostalgic you know and i could definitely say um there's a part of the project that is about me connecting to those objects and trying to immortalize them i guess you know yeah. artistically a bit but um, I try really hard to make um, painting come first in a way. Um, yeah. 
So when I'm making the image, you know, the object will change according to what the painting or the image needs, you know, um, certain like compositional decisions, things like that. So I guess I'm not so in love with the object that I'm not going to abuse it a little bit, <laughs> if that makes yeah. sense, to make a good look <laughs> image. Um, so I don't know if uh, that answers the question or not, but um, no, I think so. And I try to think about images uh, when, I, when I talk about criteria for an object. Uh, to me, it's not enough for me to try to represent my personal life. You know, it needs to be somewhat ubiquitous. I need to make sure I'm dealing with objects that other people can relate to also. You know, that uh, like maybe all of us have seen construction cones and I can show a unique construction cone, but um, uh, when I'm dealing with furniture from my house, furnishings or um, personal items of mine, I want to make sure they're ubiquitous enough that anybody else can, you know, make a connection so yeah i feel like with the construction cone i feel slightly responsible for 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 hitting it you know like i look at it I say, I, that's my biggest fear is to hit one of them right and and you know am i gonna get pulled over because of it or right you know is it gonna get lodged under my car or you know, any any one of those like nightmares you know you know it's interesting you say that because when i am looking at images or objects i often think of anxieties and in fact, um, if I look through, um, you know, I have close to 500 images that have been a part of Sketch of the Day now. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know what percentage it would be. Maybe 40%? It's pretty hefty. Um, yeah. I, I, I tend to latch on to images that have some type of anxiety tied to them. Some <laughs> kind of tension like that, you know? Yeah. Whether it's a dirty mattress or, um, you know, uh, I don't know. I play a lot with perspective and, and when I'm looking at objects to kind of create a sense of anxiety, perhaps. Um, yeah. And certainly visual irony, but. Cool. I mean, it doesn't, not to take away the, the humor in the traffic cone, but. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so. No, but you know, anxiety <laughs> and, and sadness and humor, they're just like this, you know? <laughs> I mean, they, yeah, they're close. They feed each other. I don't know. Next, I asked Kevin Kelly to tell me a little bit about how he breaks up the images and objects in his paintings. I really enjoyed, not even, probably over the summer when you had, you know, the scissors came out and then the hammer and the C-clamp. Mm -hmm. And then they really started to break up. And then you have the, the, the propane tank and that just like obliterated. With, <laughs> you know, and how dangerous. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, sometimes when I'm dealing with images, um, you know, I give myself such tight constraints. You know, I only have an hour to work with this image. Yeah. I only have these materials. I only have this much space. Um, and I don't know the best way to say this, but sometimes, uh, particularly with, like, say, that, that image of that propane tank or that pudding cup, it was kind of like, how much do I really even have to care? How far can I push this and it'll still retain some of its objectness? Yeah. Or uh, maybe a more like profane way to say it would just be like, like how much of a shit do I have to give about this object before, and it could still exist, you know, yeah. um, if that makes any sense. Um, uh, how much you can de deconstruct it? Or? Yeah, yeah. How much I can deconstruct it, but also kind of it is so much about like affection, like how much affection 
does this thing require of me to continue to, to be a thing, to care? You know, I don't know. Like, how much yeah. of a shit do I have to give? I don't know. It's a, it's a question <laughs> I have, I guess. I don't know. Because um, I'm, I'm obviously dealing with objects that are forgettable. You know, they are not the things that we dwell upon. Um, we give a lot of mental space to. So, uh, so how much do I have to care about it? And so certainly uh, there is that tendency throughout the whole series for things to kind of fall apart a little bit or, um, yeah. And then other times I, I tend to render things with a little more care, I guess. I don't know. Now this question may, may um, make more sense if I, if I hadn't seen the more fluid paintings, but I kind of want to ask you what you would paint if, if you, if you didn't paint objects. <laughs> um, well, I know that I really like that tension between what's abstract and what's concrete. So even in those fluid ones, you know, I'm, it's like I'm clinging with my toenail to the uh, concrete world, even though yeah. they look really loose and abstract, they, they have something they're accountable to. They still have a subject, you know, they have to, even if it's just through color scheme, they have to be accountable to something. Yeah. And then the opposite is very true. Sometimes when I'm rendering things that are much more readable and recognizable, I'm trying to, how far can I push this image? Like I said, and you know, um, can I mess with it? How can I abstract it? And yet it still exists. So I, I guess I just, just trying to set up different kind of tensions for sure. But, um, if I was not tied to object, I don't know. I, I think that in a way, I always have to have a start with a thing. I think that's just kind of always been my mode of operation. Um, I have to have a start with a thing. I, I love just composing, you know, and uh, I have a lot of fun with just messing with composition. But I think I always feel this obligation. Maybe that's my middle class upbringing, but I feel this obligation to have some answer for, well, where did this come from? What does this mean, you know? When I was growing up, uh, working completely abstractly, art that was completely abstract was a giant mystery to me. Like, why why does this exist? Um, so maybe it's just that practical side of me that comes through that middle class upbringing. Like, everything should have a some, some level of accountability. It should have a, a connection that we can all appreciate a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I think that's always been a thing for me. Now, is it possible to see where the sketch of the day might go next? This probably sounds like a really unuseful answer, but I try really hard not to plan what's going to happen next. Um, you know, when I was a kid, um, speaking about art, one place I did see art every day was in the newspaper, you know? And I used to think, speaking of humor, I was interested in being a cartoonist. I thought, man, what a job. You know, every day you just got to wake up and you have an image you got to make and you can play yeah. with ideas um, the problem with that is that I cannot consistently do anything for any amount of time, you know, like I couldn't draw the same characters and setting again and again, day after day. I just, I don't have it in me. I'm really bad at consistency. Um, but it's, but the sketch of the day thing, of course, gives me that level of accountability every day. I'm going to do this thing, but, um, I just kind of give myself a break when it comes to any kind of planning or what's going to happen next. I just get to like wake up in the morning and 
look at a list, you know, I scroll through images, pictures I've taken on my phone, or just kind of pay attention to the world around me. And whatever I feel like an image needs, I'm going to go after it, you know? Um, and if that requires me to break it down to just color, then I'm going to do that. And if I need to um, get at it with a pen, you know, I just, <laughs> I need yeah. to, some line work, then I'm going to let that, you know, dictate, you know? Um, and that's probably why I've morphed through so many styles because I really, you know, to me, every subject and I take some, I'm, I'm not a good photographer. I'm a crappy photographer. So <laughs> sometimes I'll just look at an image and be like, wow, what can I do to resurrect this? This is a bad picture. I thought it was a good picture at the time, but it's a terrible. Yeah. Picture. So, um, you know, whatever it's going to require to pull that image off to make it a, a compelling image. Um, you know, that's going to dictate what comes next for sure. Did you work on one today yet? No, man, I've been uh, it's so terrible. Um, uh, I happen to be a teacher, so uh, yeah. and uh, I had been in this process of waking up super early and getting it done, which I got to say feels great. When you walk into like your day already having accomplished yeah. like art, you know, it's like gives me something to push off of. Uh, but anyway, the beginning of the school year is here and I am just a mess. And so I've been producing images at the end of my day. It's kind of been my, my mode of operation, but, um, making sure I squeeze it in before midnight. So I can say officially that was a sketch of the day, you know? Right. Right. <laughs> and hit that accountability, make sure I make it available for other people to see just so I could say, see, I did it. I did it again. You know? All right. That's great. It's a wonderful project. I appreciate you, you connecting and telling us a little bit about your project. Mm -hmm. Thank you. You have a good rest of your day. You too. Thanks. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks to Kevin P. Kelly. I just wanted to let you know he has an exhibition opening on September 30th. That's at City Arts, 334 North Mead in Wichita, Kansas. The title of the show is Rootbound, a collection of about 200 sketches from the Sketch of the Day project. Please go check it out. Thanks. This has been Oddcast. I'm your host, Philip J. Mellon. Thanks for listening, and keep the dialogue going. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Let me ask you this. Define abstract art. Oh, come on. Okay, here's a better one. What does this painting mean? <sighs> I'm getting nowhere with this, forget it. Hotcast <laughs> Home is A-H-T-C-A-S-T dot com. Thanks again. <laughs>